serving up the strategies you need to build, market and monetize a profitable, future-proof business around your expertise. This is the Youpreneur Podcast. And here's your host, international business mentor and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Yes, hello there, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Youpreneur Podcast. It's great to have you with me today. Great conversation coming your way with Jake Keffler. Now, look, if you don't know who Jake is, trust me, he's doing some great stuff in the entrepreneurial space. He's a speaker, he's an author, a three-time author, actually, and a genuine force in the upcoming entrepreneurial world. He's also a big basketball fan. In fact, actually, he's involved with college and pro basketball as well. And so we connect on that level. But before we get into that conversation with Jake on this episode number 432 of the show, just a quick reminder to let you know applications for my round table mastermind are now currently open and they're going to be open for another week or so. So if you haven't already applied and you are ready to take your business up to the next level, I just want to say real quick, this is not for beginners. This is for people that have established businesses already that float around the six-figure mark and they want to go above and beyond that six-figure or $100,000 a year to multiple six figures and on to seven figures. If you're in that spot and you want to spend extra private, closer time with myself and a small, intimate, curated group of people that are on a similar journey to yourself and a similar position on that journey as well. I'd love to get your application to see whether it might be a good fit for the two of us to work with each other. You can head over to chrisducker.com forward slash coaching for all the info and to click that button to apply. Now, on to my chat with Jake. Um, Like I said, you know, multiple times author, big, big speaker in the game, loves doing what he does, and actually loves inspiring other entrepreneurs to do likewise as well. His new book, The Elevated Entrepreneur, takes everything, as you can probably understand, to the next level, to all new levels, actually. And here's a question for you. What do you think you could achieve if you could sit down with 39 millionaire plus plus entrepreneurs that have been there and done it already and are open to be able to let you know what all their secrets are. Well, that's exactly what Jake covers in this new book of his, and it's exactly what we get into today. Enjoy. Youpreneur FM, helping you build the business of you. So Jake, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Chris, it's great to be here, man. We're going to have some fun today. We are. It's even better to have you with us because, uh, look, we have a few things in common. We got a lot of friends in common. Uh, we have the love of hoops in common. Uh, I often joke and say that I'm the most un-British Brit you'll ever meet because I do not like football or soccer, as you brothers and sisters in America call it. Um, I don't like cricket, don't like rugby, don't like snooker or snooker, as you guys call it over there. Um, I am a basketball fan, and this is actually how you and I initially kind of connected. And then I kind of dived into what you were all about. Those discussions went further. Then you were like, oh, I'm writing, I think it's the third book, this one, right? So I'm writing my third book. I'm going to be interviewing a bunch of entrepreneurs and experts and successful dudes, and I'd love to interview you. Can you do the interview? And I said, yes. And then, you know, you'd be, you know, I, I, I mentioned I was a Boston Celtics fan and uh, you're from California, right? And so there was that kind of rivalry going on there. Now, now get me, 
you're, you're a Lakers guy, right? Are you Lakers all the way? I'm a big Lakers guy. Yeah, you see. I don't know whether we should just end the interview right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's just end the interview. No, let's carry on because it's going to be a good chat. Um, dude, this new book of yours um, is kind of like it's the third in a series of Elevation, right? Elevated. Um, and what I love about this more than anything else, and you know, I'm a fan of branding and personal branding and all the rest of it. The fact that you're pe- you're taking people on this elevated journey is really cool. And it's very, very, very smart as well from a, from a branding standpoint. Uh, title of the new book, The Elevated Entrepreneur, Unlocking the Secrets of the World's Greatest Coaches, Performers, and Entrepreneurs. And um, you ended up interviewing how many people for this? So we have 39 amazing guests featured in this book. Wow. 39, of which obviously I'm one of them. So I guess um, who, who were like two or three folks other than myself that really stood out for you? Like, I'm curious to know when you were done interviewing them, you sort of said to yourself, man, that's going to be a great chapter in the book. So, so there were so many of those moments, you know, because whenever you interview people, you have the, you know, idea of, okay, this person, I really am excited about them. And they deliver. You have the people that you're like super excited about. And you're like, oh, that was good. But like, it didn't like take my socks off. And sure. then you have the people that you're like, you know what? Like this is our first conversation and they just blow you out of the water. And yes. they are like, whoa, I did not see that comment. And so a couple of the people that were like really amazing that I expected to be amazing were John Lee Dumas and Pat Flynn. So when I started the entrepreneurial journey, really, after I worked for the Los Angeles Lakers, because that was my first job, working for Lakers during Kobe's season, Kobe's final season. And I had a long commute. And I would drive and drive and drive. And I didn't even know podcasts existed. All of a sudden, I hear of JLD and I hear of Pat Flynn. And that was my first introduction to really the world of like online digital marketing and that kind of that kind of stuff. And they just crushed it. So over the last five, six years, being able to now feature them in my book is something mm-hmm. really, really amazing. And then there are so many other people like Lori Harder or Allison J. Prince who come to the table with just some amazing perspective on their own journeys. But my favorite, one of my favorite quotes by far comes from um, a, a woman by the name of Allison Bird. And she says that you need to go where you're celebrated, not just where you're tolerated. And that was one of those moments where you just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What a quote. I love what you did. I love the story behind how you got to that point. And so throughout this book, I mean, there's just been so many interesting experiences that I wouldn't ever have been able to have, or I wouldn't have been able to expect unless I did the work, I showed up, I asked the right questions and put myself out there to, to create this book. Yeah, exactly. And that's half, you know, that's half the battle for an author. The other half is obviously marketing the thing. Um, and we can talk about that in a minute. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting that John and, 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 and Pat are the guys that kind of like, you know, you found them and that kind of opened up the thing. The three of us are kind of like, you know, the old school three amigos, right. And, you know, yeah. we've spoken on so many stages around the world together. The two of them have both come out to the Philippines. I've spent time with my family at my events over there. They both uh, spoke at uh, the first inaugural Upana Summit in London. John opened it and Pat closed it. Uh, and, you know, when you say go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated, like 
these guys, I, I, I know whenever I invite them to any of my events, they're going to crush, they're going to be celebrated. Um, and it's because of that, that, you know, 10 plus year relationship the three of us have with each other um, that I think, you know, it's enabled so many opportunities, not only for the three of us, but for, for everybody else that's kind of found us in each other's pockets as well. Because there's certainly people who have found Pat through my show or found, you know, John through my show and vice versa and all the rest of it. So it's so cool uh, that you've got the three of us for the book and then obviously a whole bunch of other people as well. So, dude, I can't wait to read this. The book has just come out. I have not got my copy yet. I know you're sending copies out to everybody. It's not arrived yet. It's winging its way from California. Um, if it comes in a box in gold and purple, I'm going to return the sender, just so you know. It's not It's not coming to you in Laker colors, although I should have had a special <laughs> box for you because that would have been special. But it is coming to you in a black and gold box okay. because that's, that's how we're doing. All right, cool. So, here, so here's a question then. Through the pro, what was the hardest part of this then? Like getting 39 people um, to all contribute to a podcast is not too tough nowadays, right? If they've got a voice, they know they can help. You're a host, you know, you've got an audience that needs to be inspired, motivated, taught, whatever it is. But then when you say, hey, it's not just going to be an interview for a podcast, but actually I'm going to put you into a book. That is an extra thought process that people need to go through. I know I certainly went through it when you invited me. Um, and even though I've done hundreds of podcast interviews, I I've not been featured in hundreds of books, right? So did you get any um, kind of, did you know, did you get any pushback on that in any way whatsoever? Or And if you didn't, like, what was the next toughest thing that you needed to overcome with this kind of curated type of content? Well, I think one of the first reasons why I even wanted to create the book in the first place was kind of exactly what you're saying. People do podcasts all the time, but as someone who's fairly new to, to this world, I needed to figure out a way to be different. And I think that, you know, podcasts are great, but I was like, well, what if I could make it a book? Because for some reason in our minds, even though a podcast will last forever on, on the internet, this book feels more permanent. You know, your thoughts, your words, they get put on paper. And, and then for some reason it feels more permanent, which it's still the same words as you did on the interview. So that was an interesting thing because a lot of people were asking, well, a ton of follow-up questions, right? And I had to really think about how I wanted to answer it. And so as I was writing the book, I interviewed people, I transcribed it, I rewrote it, I had to get approval. So it was really me trying to say, how can I make the guests who graciously gave me their time, how can I help make them look as good as possible? Because one of my goals for this book is to be able to share the stories, the advice, the inspiration from the best in the world so that people can learn from all different types of experts. Yeah. And hopefully the people that read this book will say, hey, I love John, Pat and Chris. I see they have a similar style. Let me dig into those three as my people that I'm going to keep learning from. And then they invest with you guys. Right. Like for me, it was about on my end. How could I grow my network? How could I get to know people really well? And at the same time, how can I provide people from all over the world the opportunity to learn and see the styles of the best in the world? What do the best in the world do differently than everyone else? How are they going about building relationships? What technology are they using in their business that's kept them at the top of their game, right? right. And how can everybody achieve success in their own way? So yeah, there was, there was rejection, there was pushback, but overall, it taught me so much about discipline, organization. But even more so, it gave me a chance to share the stories of some people that I've looked up to for a very long time 
And also some people I met 10 minutes before the interview. Sure, absolutely. People. Right. So it's a really cool process to get everyone featured. Did you see, like, when you were said and done and you had finished kind of all of the interviews and then you go to the editing process and all the rest of it, were there certain similarities between the people that you interviewed in regards to things like, you know, I don't know, discipline or morning routines and all that kind of stuff? If there was, like, share a whole bunch, please. I'd love to know. Cool. Let's break it down because there's a ton of similarities. And uh, the first one is I ask a question in the book talking about how have relationships impacted your, your success and your happiness. And you're one of the people that said this, but the overwhelming majority of people within the first sentence said they are everything. And what was really fascinating about this was, in theory, every entrepreneur, every business owner, every person knows how important relationship building is. Yet very few people know how to build the relationships in the right way. You know, you say, oh, your network is your net worth, right? Everyone knows you need to connect. But how many of us actually make true connection a priority in our day to day? I know that when I look at the calendar for a lot of my clients, the first thing that disappears when they get busy or they get overwhelmed is the time they connect with their prospects, with their past customers, with sure. new people, with their friends, right? We hear the story, oh, work up in the way of family. That relationship suffers. So hearing everybody say how important it was was a really, really big confirmation of this idea that it's not enough to understand that you need to do something. You have to act upon that understanding. Right, right. That was one huge similarity. Another really big similarity that I found out from everyone is most people, we don't know what we're doing until we've already done it. <laughs> right? We could, in theory, have all the greatest ideas. We could, in theory, have the greatest business. We could, in theory, be a very successful person. But until you've actually done it and you've built it and you've gone through it, you don't know what it is that you were supposed to do in the first place. And I think that for me, at least, this was really cool because I got to see, you know what? It's okay not to have all the answers, but it's not okay to not take that first step. And that's where so many entrepreneurs get stuck is they don't take that first step because they're scared of the failure. They're scared of the success of the rejection of the what if it doesn't work mentality rather than the, should I got to try it? Because if you mess up, well, now you're starting from a place of experience. Mm. And that's been something that I've really tried to take to heart is I want to move and experience and try. And more often than not, done is better than perfect. And this, you know, this is honestly the one thing, uh, and it's brutal to say it, but I'm not the sort of guy that kind of minces his words. It, it is, it's what separates the winners from the losers. You know, it's action taking. It really is and you know we just had a uh, we just had a mastermind two days ago for our Upner incubator guys we meet up every quarter and we spend an entire day together hours and hours together looking at what we've done in the last 90 days learning a few new things doing some hot seats doing some brainstorming and then planning for the next for the next quarter and at the end of our planning session uh, you know sometimes you 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 plan these things and sometimes you don't plan them and they just happen dude i open up like a can of whoop ass <laughs> on my entire coaching group um not in a bad way but like i just something happened something triggered me and i just went on a rant for like 10 minutes and god we were recording this thing it's got to come out somewhere on social because um it it just you know it was it was all around it's like you know it's all very well to 
to have the worksheets in front of you or on your screen or on your iPad and fill them out and say, you're going to do this and say, this is the goal. And these are my mini commitments. And this is what I'm going to intentionally work on. It's all very well to do this. And at the end of these days, you feel pumped up. You feel motivated. You, you know, you've got community around you. You've learned something new. But if you don't go ahead tomorrow and start doing something to actually take action on these, then you're a loser. It's really that simple. Like you've, you've just got to push forward. You've got to take those steps. And it doesn't surprise me in any way whatsoever that that was something that you saw interviewing a bunch of successful people. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And I, I love what you're saying there, Chris, because it's, it's so true, right? You know, we are so focused on a lot of times trying to please everybody. We want to try to get everyone to like us or afraid of saying what needs to be said. And I think that the people that we respect most are the ones that really are telling you how it is, right? That's why you have such a great reputation. You've been able to be a leader in this industry for so long is because you tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes that can rub people the wrong way. But guess what? The people that really resonate with that become fans for life, customers for life. And I think that as an entrepreneurial society, we need to be ourselves more. We need to say it how it is. We need to talk like, don't be afraid of turning somebody away, but be excited to turn the right person towards you. Sure. So I love, I love what you're saying there. Um, and, then, and then another big similarity that, that I want to mention here is I ask a question to everybody about like, what's one action that you can do to be the best version of yourself? And almost everybody had something to do with filling up their own cup, had something to do with taking care of yourself first so that you can be ready to serve other people. And I found this really, really fascinating because we want to give, we want to serve, we want to impact, we want to change the world. That's what we do. That's why most of us are in the businesses we're in. But if we aren't taking care of ourselves in the way that's going to keep our energy levels right, if we aren't taking care of ourselves the way that's going to keep our families happy, if we aren't taking care of ourselves in a way that's going to make us want to wake up in the morning and get after it, then we're missing out huge opportunities to be able to serve people to the highest level. So that was a really, really fascinating similarity that I found as well from a lot of the experts, but you got to do what works for you, not just all of the things because you think you're supposed to do it. Absolutely. I completely agree with you on that. And, you know, not, not too long ago on, on one of my Instagram stories, I shared that uh, I work with a nutrition uh, nutritionist on, on a monthly basis, monthly retainer. And uh, I get blood work done every quarter as well. So she can help me kind of tweak supplementations and all that sort of stuff. And somebody asked me, they sent me a dinner and said, like, how much do you pay for your nutritionist? Like how much are you investing in supplements and stuff like that? And I'm not the, you know, I'm, I'm not the guy that kind of does the big, you know, whey protein shakes and all that kind of stuff. Although I have protein shakes from time to time, but I'm talking to like, yeah, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not interested in becoming like the next, you know, sliced, sliced alone or anything like that. But if there are deficiencies in my diet for whatever reason, um, if they, you know, if I've gone through a stressful time and my, you know, cortisol is off or, you know, these are the things I do to make sure that I'm in the, the you know, the best quote unquote shape that I can be mentally, physically, bandwidth wise, the whole lot, right? And somebody said, how much does it cost you every month to do that? And I said, well, including consulting fees and blood work and et cetera, et cetera. And obviously supplements, you know, you got to pay for them and I'm not going to put anything in my body. So they're going to be good quality stuff. I reckon I probably put about $700 a month into it. They were astounded. They were like, they hit the floor with shock that I drop about 700 US dollars a month on that side of taking care of me. 
And I was like, no, man, you got it all wrong. Like I got four kids, number one. But number two, I've got hundreds of employees and hundreds of paying clients that want me to turn up and coach them. I can't do that if I have to rely on caffeine and sleep four hours a night and have a crappy diet. It's just not going to work, you know? And again, the mindset is everything. Winners, and, and I don't want to turn it into a winner and loser discussion, but at the end of the day, you will get out of everything you do exactly what you put into it, right? Yeah, I love it. I, I made an investment in my health as well recently because I was like, I need to get to that next level. And in order to get to the next level in anything, you know, I talk about this with all the NBA athletes, you have to be willing to do the things that no one else is willing to do. But you also have to be willing to do the things that everyone does better than that. Yeah. So this is, you know, something that Kobe talked a lot about is how much he would be so good at the basics. You know, when I worked for the team, Kobe would do in his warmups in his final season, he would do his fadeaway jump shot in warmups. He wasn't going and doing windmill dunks in warmups. He would do his fadeaway jump shot from the elbow. He practiced the basics better than everyone else. And then he practiced what only he could do better than everybody else. Right. And that's a huge, huge, huge thing to really just get to that next yeah. level. And we're yeah. all seeking that. We all yeah. want to get to the next level in some way, shape or form. And that can look different to all of us, but it starts by taking care of ourselves. Absolutely. Completely agree. So, I mean, you must've heard like a whole bunch of cool stories by interviewing all these great people, like which, which is one, one or two that like really stands out and without kind of trying to get too word for word, you can paraphrase, but I'm curious to know a couple of really good ones. Okay. How about this? Pick a page in the book. I'll find the guest who's on that page and we'll, I'll, I'll use their, one of their stories. Okay. Well, you told me what page I'm on, so I'm not going to pick that one. <laughs> well, you have some great stories in here too. You that that, that would be a little egomaniac-ish. So we, we, we won't go that way. Um, let's go with, uh, let's, hey, let's go with the greatest basketball player number of all time. 33, Larry Bird. Let's go. Oh, you mean Magic? Uh, <laughs> okay, so so right in between pages here, we have we have John Gordon and we have Lori Harder. And so Lori Harder, mm. I'll, I'm gonna bridge into her. Is she has an amazing story? She has an amazing story, and she's she's wildly wildly successful. But one of the things that that was really really amazing that she talks about, and this is really great for your audience, is she talks about hiring before you're ready for it, and she talks about the story of how it's one of the most scary things that you can do. And sometimes when you see the salaries of the people that you're paying, it can be intimidating, but you need to ask for help. We can't do this journey alone. And we really need to focus on helping people get better. And we need to hire people better than us before we're ready. Because if we want to level up, that's what it's going to take. And she also talks about her whole journey of how she never expected to be here. And she went through some things and expectations and, and all these differences. But ultimately she talks about this idea that you need to hire people before you're ready and you need to keep going on the journey because you can't always predict what's gonna happen, but you can't always control what you're willing to do to make your dreams come true. Right, love it. Okay, let's do one more. I wanna see who I warmed up for. So let's go to like page 103, 104, whoever's after me. Uh, who's ever after you. Okay. So Alison Bird. So I already mentioned one of the quotes from her and she's got a great story. Um, but I'll, I'll dive in a little bit more on that because I think it's such a, such a great point. Is she talks about the story of her first speaking gig. Now Alison Bird has helped so many people make a lot of money in her life. And she talks about one of her first speaking gigs. 
And it was an audience of a bunch of elderly white males. And she realized four years later, whatever it was, when she's speaking on the stage of Essence Magazine, the power in going where you're celebrated versus where you're tolerated. And this idea that, you know, you may start off trying to please everybody, trying to just do it because it's a paycheck or because you can get paid. But in reality, at the end of the day, it's more important to be in alignment. It's more important to serve people that you can serve to the best of your ability who are going to get the best results because of you. And when you can do that and you can find your real tribe, well, that's when everything starts to happen. And she also talks about, you know, talking with your partner, your relationships, and how does this make you feel? How can I acknowledge you better? And she really gets into, into this, this depth of understanding people at, the, at their core. And so that's a really great interview. And, you know, you're sandwiched between two really great people in the book. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a really exciting opportunity. That's good. That's good to know. Good stuff. You, took, you hooked me up. That was good. So, you know, what's interesting is it reminds, reminds me of a conversation I had with a very, very influential speaker. I won't drop his name because what the story I'm going to tell you is related to his paycheck. Um, so that wouldn't be cool for people that might be tuning in. Um, but when I was having a conversation with him, I asked him outright, like, you know, how much you charge for a keynote? And he said, I charged $75,000 for a 60-minute keynote. And I said, okay, that's a lot of money. Like, I've been keynote speaking for a long time. I know many, many other keynote speakers. Uh, I know what I charge. I know what lots of other people charge. Your Gary's Gary was like 100. Now he's like 125. Like, I get it. You know, your number is down to you and you pitch it and it is what it is. But at that time, and this was, oh God, probably seven or eight years ago, that 75 grand was a lot of money for a keynote speaker in the marketing world. And I asked him, how the hell are you so busy? Like, you're on stages like three times a week, pretty much year round at 75 grand, you know, 75 large, a, a throw. How are you getting so many gigs? Like, and, and like, why would you not fill up your calendar more with, you know, offering discounts kind of thing, something along those lines. And he said to me, so, um, number one, uh, I don't want to be that busy. Like if I can make good money doing a couple gigs a week, bring it. That's what I'm all about. So number two, the reason why I charge as high as, as, as I do is because I know when they pay me, when they hire me to come and speak for them, they've done their research on me. They know exactly what they are getting. And I don't have to turn up in another version or a quieter version or a version that won't drop the F-bomb every now and then or whatever the case may be. You know, so I show up and I know that they book me because they know who I am. And that's why I charge 75 grand an hour. I was like, my gosh, that is just so, so good. It's so strong. When you know you're worth that much uh, and you're that aware of it, it's pretty scary to anybody else that, you would potentially call a comp, you know, a competitor, right? Yeah, it, it, that's. I mean, I love that story too, and it, it it just goes back to like, you know, we have to decide and make a choice for ourselves. Are we willing to believe in ourselves enough to tell the world what we want to charge? Mm. And I think a lot of times we struggle with this with the charging thing. You know, I think how much we price our programs, how much we price our courses. Everyone's always like, "Well, I don't want to turn people away. I don't want to be too expensive." It's like, well. Do you believe that you could change someone's life? Do you believe that you can make a big difference on somebody? And more often than not, everyone says yes. Yeah. Then yeah. why don't we charge that, right? Why don't we price it at that point? And so 
I love, I love what you're saying there. And, you know, maybe someday I'll charge 75 K for a keynote. Who knows? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look, I've been in sales and marketing my entire career. And what I do know for sure is that, you know, 99% of the time you will do just as much work to close a $500 deal than you will do to close a $5,000 deal nine times out of 10. It's about touch points. It's about handling objections. It's about the offer, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, Look, I'm two years away from being 50. I'm not saying I'm slowing down anytime soon or anything, but certainly I've thought about, well, you know, what happens when I hit the big 5-0 and maybe I do want to start slowing down a little bit. I don't want to become like irrelevant in, in, you know, in our world. I want to carry on helping people. I want to carry on making money. Well, heck, you know what? I'll, uh, I'll end up charging, you know, 10 grand for a, a three hour session and I'll, work with two people a week. And that's how I'll make my money kind of thing. I, I won't need to make any more at that point. Right. And, you know, I think the big thing for me, and this is what I've been teaching a lot of my clients about over the last six to eight months or so, where you and I both know the last year has been really tough for any business owner. I don't care what industry you're in. You've had struggles. You might've come out on top. You might've had a phenomenal year, but you've definitely had struggles in some variety. And the thing that I keep coming back to over and over and over again is that I'm now personally teaching my guys to think more about how they make their money more so than how much money they make. Mm. And because we're only, you know, we're only here for a certain period of time. It's finite. There's nothing. We have zero, very little control over it. And when our time is done, it's done. You better make sure that you lived your life well. You know, that's my take on it. Um, and I think your book and other great books that are full of inspiring stories and motivational slash educational stories, uh, that's the kind of stuff that sticks around for a long, long time. You're going to crush with this, Jake. I think it's going to be a great book, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, it's been received very well so far. And you know, I, for me, it's, it's just a big blessing to be able yeah. to share these stories with the world and, and be the vehicle to, to getting it out there and, and bringing everybody some greatness. And, you know, anytime we write a book, you know how it is. It's, it's, it's a lot of hard work, but it's always worth it because someone reads it and they're like, this interview changed my life or whatever it may be. Right. You just get that smile on your face and you're like, we did it. We, we made a difference. And, you know, that's what we're here to do. This is why when you buy a book, you've got to read it. Like I it's it's madness when you see people picking up books just to fill up bookshelves and stuff. And I'm like, you don't realize that like you spend, say, I don't know, 20 bucks on a book. And it, you know, that that value bomb that could change everything could be on the third to last page. And if you read the first couple of chapters and then you stuck it up on the shelf and never finished it, you never would have got the value bomb, right? Yep. You just wouldn't have. Um Final question then, I think, and this is a biggie, I think, for any author, period, whether it's third book, first book, 10th book, whatever it is, what are you doing to market this thing? Like, give us a couple of tips on your marketing plan for the book and the focus behind getting into as many worthy hands as possible. So there's a bunch of different strategies when you're marketing a book, right? And in our case, my book self-published. So I have 100% control. I can do it however I want. Nice. Um, and I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. One of the ways that we're doing this book on a marketing side of thing is we are running the book for free. We're actually giving away the book for free and everyone just got to pay the shipping. 
Because one of the really cool things about self-publishing is we can deliver it and distribute it and fulfill it however we want. And so we're giving away the book to as many people as possible. And the way we're doing that is we have a launch team, we have a podcast tour, we have a launch party, and we are doing a ton of affiliate marketing with some of the guests in the book. And we're tapping into the idea that there are so many great experts. So we're tapping into their audiences, we're tapping into their networks, and that's been a great way to kind of broaden the scope of this book. Um, But for people that write their first book or their third book, I love the idea of a podcast tour. I think it's so powerful, especially in today's today's world. Um, We're really focused on getting the book into people's hands who can make a difference, right? So we have influencer packages coming out. We have really taking this approach of how can I get this book into as many hands as possible, as quickly as possible. Right. So for me, that's the launch party, having a launch team, making sure the initial launch week has a, has a big boost so that then we can kind of keep going into it. We're launching it in October this year. So, so the reason why we did that was we want to send it straight into the holidays, gain steam so that people can start the new year off with a bang. Sure. So there was a lot of things that went into it. Um, but the, the entire premise of this book is to get into as many hands as possible and then build a relationship with the people that read this book. Sure. And that's going to be through Instagram. It's going to be through email. It's going to be through a variety of ways. But those are some of the key ways that we're going about marketing this book to stay efficient, to stay lean, but also to be as impactful as possible. I love it, man. Well, it looks like you got it all queued up. I can't wait to see you rolling this thing out over the coming weeks and months. Thank you so much for uh, coming on and spending some time talking about it and and what it took to put it together. You know, curating curating a couple of blog posts is one thing, but 39 interviews with very successful people for a book, different ballgame. You're a, clearly a, a very hardworking and smart dude. So, um, hey, good luck this year uh, with, with your Lakers. I wish you all the best. Not... And, um, you know, I, I, I don't hold any grudges from like the eighties and nineties. I'm good. I'm all right. It's okay. But, uh, no, listen, man, look, the Lakers and the Celtics, we will always have that little friendly rivalry going on. Don't, don't you think it's always going to happen, right? I think it'll always happen because East we're the coast, two West coast. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah. And, and we win, you know, and I think when <laughs> anytime you win, you know, like, like anytime you are, you win, you, you get, you can have that rivalry with other winners. Right. And, yeah. and people like there's a lot of hate and there's a lot of love. So yeah. you pick yeah. your side and you roll with it and you, you yeah. stay loyal no matter through the ups and the downs. You know, you I'm, I'm fortunate as we wrap up here today, I'm fortunate the Lakers are, are back on the up. You know, I went through it some, some <sighs> tough years recently yeah. after winning a lot growing up, I went through some tough years. But now, you know, we're back. We're LA. It's showtime round two. So I hope you're ready for the the twenties to be the to be the Lakers decade. Yeah, you got you you do have a good team this year. We're we're, you know, good old Danny Ainge. We're still rebuilding. We're still rebuilding is is the term. But uh, you're always rebuilding. I know. (laughs) Hey man, Boston, it can't stop developing. It's that kind of city. It is what it is. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Uh, for you guys listening in, we're going to have links to the book and everything else over on the show note page. But the title of the book, if you just can't wait and you want to go Google it right now on Amazon, The Elevated Entrepreneur. And make sure you go check it out and uh, let us know. Let Jake know as well on social that you picked it up after hearing um, all about it here on the show. Dude, good luck with everything. I wish you all the best and uh, I look forward to hanging out soon. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. You got it. Take care. 
Thank you very much for tuning into this week's episode. I really appreciate it sincerely. You know, if you are interested in potentially working with me to be able to build your business in a smart, savvy manner that really does truly set you up for future-proofing yourself and obviously building a profitable business, I'd love to hear from you. So send me a direct message on Instagram at Chris Ducker with the word podcast and I'll know exactly where you've come from. And that for me is more important than anything else because if I don't know where you're coming from, I don't know how I'm going to be able to help you get to where you want to be. Thanks very much again for tuning in. I appreciate you. We'll see you again soon.